Live from Cleveland, it's Thursday Thursday night. night. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, Your hosts tonight are Paul Stedman and Joe Peters and special musical guest, The Nacho Hat. Oh, the Nacho Hat's here tonight. Yeah, I don't know if they're doing music, but we have them as special guests. So our episode's going to be about Saturday Night Live, if you couldn't have figured it out by us killing your eardrums at the beginning there. Um, I do want to mention briefly, though, I thought it was funny. Yesterday, I went down to visit a friend of mine to have like an early Thanksgiving type of meal, and I thought it'd be funny as I go into the store to buy desserts or whatever. Um, I don't whatever. Like, oh, I'm just going to buy paper towels. Maybe they'll need them. I don't know. Um, I bought crayons. Like, it'd be fun to make hand turkeys, like, you know, after the meal. And then I was like, okay, if we sit down to do this, I take the time to draw my hand out all perfect and everything. Uh Then I look at it, I'm like, now what am I going to do? And like and I realized that at 38, I'm way less creative than I was at like seven. Like I was like, but I'm, am I just going to do a turkey? Am I going to do something different? I was flummoxed for a minute. Like, how do I finish this turkey after drawing my hand? Oh no! Like, well, if you had a bunch of crayons, would you just like doodle it out, or would you have a plan, or, or what would you do? I just doodle it out. Like, yeah. I just stuff that comes to me. Yeah, like, I, I overthink been, it. There's been times where like at work, there's a clean part on the marker board, and like. There'll be like one little piece of something and then I'll just grab all the other markers and start drawing around it. <laughs> like I'll draw like my my like my boss super going super saiyan mad about something. Well, I mean, the, clearly you're more creative than I am, but it's like I had just had my hand <laughs> and I'm like and then the thumb's going to be a head and the fingers of the plumage. Well, I saw what you so, did. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's just like I just like I guess I'll make a chainsaw feather or whatever, but it's just like I just for that one moment I'm like if well, I was it, a kid I wouldn't think twice about what I was doing. I would just draw. At that at that point I feel like that they were kind of like spines. Yeah, like they weren't because one was like a rocket. <laughs> yeah, one was a rocket. One 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 plumage was a snake, and then the last one when I was going to draw a clown, but then I started working. I was like, that doesn't look right. So then I just drew a spider at the end of it and wrote the word spiders on it. I don't know what I was thinking, and then I didn't no, put feet, I didn't put feet on the turkey. I do, drew uh, tank treads. That's a pretty good turkey. And I wrote Happy Thanksgiving on it. That's what I wrote. Clever. So and then and then the the, you know, the the perfect way to do it all, we ended up putting up all our photos, our photos, our drawings on the fridge. Yeah. So you guys could you know everybody stops by there and be like, Oh, look at those artists. So uh, but yeah, I just wanted to admit that I clearly am not as creative as I once was. So all right. Uh, now for your midweek update. The group World Against Toys Causing Harm Incorporated released its 10 worst toys of 2016 at the start of the U.S. holiday shopping season, saying that it intends to call attention to playthings that may be more dangerous than parents realize. Making its list this year is none other than the artifact weapon Doomhammer from the World of Warcraft, saying that Doomhammer comes with no warnings and is is a very dangerous toy that should be removed from the shelves. When reached for comment about why Blizzard should pull this dangerous toy, they gave us this statement. <laughs> Police today in Hershey, Pennsylvania are on the lookout for an unidentified man that stole more than a hundred, a dozen 150-ounce bottles. This is hard. Uh, more than a dozen 150-ounce bottles of laundry detergent from a giant food store. Police say to be on the lookout for the suspect, who they believe to be nice spelling, wearing all pink clothes and one faded red sock. <laughs> oh. When Fox wanted to use Negasonic Teenage Warhead for their 2016 movie Deadpool, they had to ask Marvel for permission as they currently own the movie rights to the character. An agreement was made with the trade-off that James Gunn could use the Fox-owned character Ego, the living planet, in his upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy 2 sequel. The exchange went so well that Fox and Marvel are in talks for another trade involving Scrat from Ice Age for Iron Man. I'm probably guessing for a Squirrel Girl movie. Yeah. Um, All right. 
dig in. All right. Duck Dynasty is ending after season 11. The series finale is set for April 12th, uh, 2017. When asked why choose now to end the series, the Robertson family replied, hate speech and ignorance is just too mainstream now. <laughs> oh, And that's the closest we'll get to something really, really questionable on this show. Oh, yeah. geez. Ah, the game Watchdog 2's by Ubisoft has come under some scandal recently due to in-game exposure of video game characters' genitalia, which showed up on the PlayStation Network. That which violates the Net PlayStation Network's code of conduct, um, Ubisoft was asked has asked players to act decently, respectfully, and with consideration for other players because they have no idea how multiplayer is on the internet work. Um. The producers of the Long and the Works reboot of The Crow, currently titled The Crow Reborn, have encountered a setback. The film is switching from relativity to Davis Films. Producer Edward R. Pressman, who also produced uh, the original with Brandon Lee, remained hopeful. He said, you know, we'll give it another shot. No. And now for our feature presentation. I think I need more practice at key cards and stuff. <laughs> the thing is, one, I'm writing, I'm reading what I wrote, and two, I realize I misspelled words. Right, and, that's what I did. And I'm like, what is wrong with oh, me? Yeah. And clearly, we're the the what was it the not quite ready for primetime players. Yeah. Um. So we gotta I, polish it up more. Yeah. I mean, I just that was my attempt at some uh, really bad questionable humor, some really bad political humor, and then some dad humor. <laughs> So um, I, I thought that was I, I, in the spirit of Saturday Live. I figured those were appropriate. Yeah, um, a lot of a lot of the the update jokes that they do are pretty much like almost dad humor. I'd say at times, but I, like I, I enjoy how like you expect like this big setup, and then they get there, and then they just hit it with like one point, like one quick joke, yep. and then they move yeah. on, and it's enjoyable. So we're going to talk about Saturday Live. Um, I decided this would be a good idea um, just because. With Dave Chappelle hosting last week, which if you guys have not seen that episode, please check it out. Um, just for th- for the intro sequence with uh, um, what is her name? Uh, Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. That was really powerful beginning, uh, and then Dave Chappelle's opening monologue was amazing, and then the the Walking Dead skit was just uh, just unbelievable. So um, I wanted to bring it up just because I feel like this is a good time uh, to to talk about the show because it always seems like whenever there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, Saturday Night Live is there. Well, it, Saturday Night Live is definitely a stage for the world in terms of like uh, like politics and events. Um, like I know that was one of the things. Like I know they were on hiatus through through the summer, and I was like, well, you got the election coming up in the fall, so they're they're going to gear up, and that's when they're going to broadcast. So you know, um, it, and they always do a lot of satire. They do they do a lot of like um, like points on what's going on in the world, and I think a lot of people used to kind of get some news it was like you know we wouldn't have things like uh we talked about like the daily show um and you know these satirical news programs like um uh, samantha b's show or um uh what's the one last week last week last and, week tonight with john and, oliver uh, yeah uh john oliver's show and then the, the one that with larry whitmore they canceled but those type of shows wouldn't really exist without like weekend update or even saturday Night live doing a lot of skits that were centered around politicians and things like that um, because they took a lot of headlines that people knew and you know they're famous for characters of course but like some of their most famous characters are real figures like like george w bush like will ferrell's george w bush is so iconic yeah and so, dan Aykroyd's jimmy carter that really was nothing like jimmy carter and dan Aykroyd had a mustache at the time <laughs> but people were just like okay with it yeah like, they're, they'll go with it but uh, like I think like a lot of people look to SNL a lot of times for certain things like that. You know what I mean? Well, it's like, okay, so I, I have a conflicting relationship with Saturday Night Live, meaning like, you know, I'll turn around and find something that I think is utterly hysterical. And then a lot of time I feel like this is just something that kind of, um, I, it just feels like, why did you put this on right, TV? You know? Right, and, yeah. and I get that there's a certain amount of like, they only have one week to come up with this stuff. However, I still feel like, and I, and I was reading about like the process of how they put together their episodes each week, and it is ridiculous how many ideas they bring to the table on a Monday, and how they pare it down on a Tuesday, and then they pare it down further on a Wednesday, and then and then even up until Saturday evening when they do the the first dry run of like the show in front of a live audience, then they see if something works, doesn't work, if it fits for time. Yeah. So even up to the point point of midnight Eastern Standard Time, they're still tinkering with it. Right. And I don't know how. 
Like, so I feel like, I mean, obviously there are things that succeed, some that don't, but it's still, you'd think that if you don't get a skid on that week, then you'd probably have a week to think about it and try to develop it further. So I wonder how, how some of the stuff skits, gets through. Yeah. Like, know? like if your skit didn't make it that week, did you, did you fine tune it and then bring it back the week after that? You yeah. Know? And then there's, you know, there's skits that pop up and you're just like, why is it? It's funny. There are certain skits that are obvious why they're thrown at the end. You know, either they can't get away with certain things at that time frame or they figure that most of the audience is tapered off and they're just trying to fill time because there's some that are pretty bad. <laughs> um, the the Onion AV Club, they, they review Saturday Live weekly and they have they call that segment you're talking about the 10 to 1 land because mm-hmm. it's like 10 minutes to 1. What strangest is going to come up? And they talk about they usually talk about that skit completely separate from the rest of the show. Right. And that's where there's some there is sometimes some beauty there. There is and because it's so oddball. And you're like, what did I just see? You right. know? Um, but I feel like, like for me, and uh, in, in, in realizing that, like, that Saturday Night Live's been around for over forty years, and so it's been around longer than I have been, and you know, and, and like, there's been like you know a couple generations to grow up with this, and then going forward, right? Like, this has been such a constant in my life, I didn't even realize it, you know, in terms of of it constantly being there to have relevance for its time. And then, like, you could watch something live from 20 years ago and still find funny skits, but then some of the stories, you're like, I don't remember that happening. Mm-hmm. And then, But at the time, it was relevant, right? right. So I always feel like I turn towards th- this kind of outlet or, like, and it's not, this is not the same thing, so please I don't, don't misconstrue this, but shortly after 9-11, people were kind of wondering, like, how like how is comedy going to come back mm-hmm. with that? And I remember John Stewart had an amazing monologue that was funny, but also just a heartbreaker about when they finally came back and started doing the Daily Show. I, I almost kind of felt like, like you picked Chappelle to host the Saturday Night Live the week after a presidential election. You're trying to say something one way or another. Well, I, they they had to have him booked before the results. Well, no, no, so. no, no, no. I, I get that, but I'm saying one way or another. You yeah, knew that's you were true. having Chappelle on the show. Either way, you knew you were going to have him on the show. That's true. That yeah. that is kind of like a big gun. Um, and the, you know, the Dave Chappelle is is trying to get you know back on back into the the spotlight with a lot of things too. That's a great way to do it. I know a lot of people that have done that before. I think they did that with um, uh, Carrie Washington. She hosted SNL right before one of her shows started, but she had been in the hospital for something. I think. Okay. Um, you know, for for a long time, she had struggled with something, some type. I think it was either like drug addiction or like bulimia or something like that. I don't know. I have to look it up. Don't quote me. <laughs> Like we told you last week, we don't do our research, um, but uh, because like this is this is this is pretty much live. Like you saw how bad we did with scripts. Um, yeah. Like and what you guys don't know is that we stopped this previously and had to redo part of it, <laughs> which we never really do when we record these, because I feel like it's better warts and all every kind of and same thing with Saturday Live. Like like um, just a real like think of like I don't want to make this a remember very skit. But it's like there's the skit where it's the hot tub full of with Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch yes, and their lovers. Yeah. And they're just and even though Jimmy Fallon killed me when he was on that show because he would always break skits. He, with breaks, his, like, he broke skits a lot. But then knowing like knowing after the fact that the cast knew that he was easy to kind of get off script. Yeah. Like there's a whole thing there where Will Ferrell wasn't breaking and kept talking to him. And you can see just like Fallon not trying to snap, but he finally just started grinning. And it's really funny because well, it's like, because that's live and it's like, you know, what's going on shouldn't be. Well, the crowd loves that yeah. when they do that stuff. Cause you, like Kate McKinnon's been doing that a lot lately too. Uh, like she has that character that that does the uh, the alien abductions, where she's smoking and like you know a lot of people just start kind of losing it there, because I feel like she comes up with something on the spot that's not in the script, and she's good at just kind of like throwing it out there just yeah. to catch everybody off guard. Yeah. Which I mean, a lot of those people, a lot of people, the cast members are like Will Ferrell was really good at uh, coming up with like this twists on things. Like there was the, the super patriotic skit that happened after nine 11, where he's supposed to walk into an office setting and the way that the skit was supposed to be, he was supposed to be wearing a pair of shorts that were, uh, the, like they had the flag on them. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and when they did the dress rehearsal earlier in the night, he wore them as he was supposed to, but, but when, before they went live, he took them and rolled them up to where like they were a speedo, like really, really tight up against his crotch. Mm-hmm. And he walked in and no one knew he was about to do that. And it was amazing watching like Amy Poehler just sit in her chair and just like look and have this look of terror on her face and just try not to laugh as Will Ferrell's walking around with like a, basically a Speedo in front of the cameras. Yeah. And like he knew the censors weren't going to be happy about it, but it was live. What could you do? You right. know? So anyway, not to get um, too off script, but 
uh, I feel like with with this, it's like not that I need Saturday Live to tell me how to feel about something. I get that, but I feel like it's one of those things where. Uh, you don't feel alone where it's like, well, what's the, what are these guys thinking? How do they feel about it? What is, what do comedians that are constantly have to be right. pulling all these different threads to try to come up with something funny and they're hyper aware of what they're doing because they're obviously on NBC and then they, their bread and butter is satire and political commentary. Yeah. So they have eyes everywhere. So how do they feel about something? Right. And you know, they, they, they love eating up like, like whenever somebody does something ridiculous, it's like, it's like, oh, we can we can run with this. We could do these kinds of jokes with this. It's like this person's made a fool of themselves. It's like, you know, you know, you're going to get picked apart on Saturday Night Live. Um, but the other thing, too, like to what you said is, is like, I think a lot, like I said earlier, is like a lot of people look to Saturday Night Live for stuff because it's like, you know, in in times like 9-11 or, you know, I don't want to compare the election to 9-11. No, no that's, I wasn't trying to but, say that's the same thing, but that was a moment in history that I wanted to see how everyone would think and process and react. Well, I, yeah, I think okay. a lot of a lot of moments in history, and even just even even things that aren't terrible, um, terrible events for like the country per se, but um, you know something something ridiculous. It's it's always fun to watch, you know, SNL get a hold of it and and put a twist on it, so that you get a different perspective on something. Maybe it was something that you couldn't stand. Maybe it's like reality TV. Yeah, you know, like they'll do a skit with The Bachelor, but they'll use like some type of other character associated with it. And, you know, it's kind of like, okay, well, this is hilarious because I don't like The Bachelor and they're <laughs> making fun of The Bachelor. So, you know, there's there's all kinds of things that, that, that they, they satire that, that kind of make you feel more comfortable about something and then you get you get a better laugh out of it. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I when I was reading about the, the, the history of Saturday Night Live, which, I mean, there's a lot written about it and, and I was only able to really kind of get like a – like just it's one of those things like we do do our research. It's just that sometimes it's like some of the stuff's very intimidating because I don't want to do a retrospective over 40 years of Saturday Night Live because, one, I'm not in a position to do that. And, two, that's way too much information and that would be a lot of shows, not just this show. Um, I But I was looking at how – uh, there was definitely like a hole in the market at the time, and Lauren uh, Lauren Michaels was uh, approached to do uh, to do this, and then the idea developed over three years. Because I mean, you think about like what was popular at the time. Like the only other show I could think of before this that was really doing things similar to this was Laughing, mm -hmm. and that was really absurd. And the humor doesn't age well. Like it was very cheeky and, and goofy. And then after that, like um, SCTV was there for a minute, but they didn't stick around. A long time that was the canadian second city television which second city theater still out there but not the tv show yeah and they're like so like live television has been around as long as television and live comedy has been around as long as television but there's something about like this is different than just like your regular um, three camera sitcom and I, I i don't know what the difference between like live before studio audience and saturday Night live is what what the where the magic is there versus like you know like watching happy days be filmed in front of you yeah, I, I I don't know. I've I've never been to SNL, like so yeah. I couldn't tell you. Um, I, that is kind of like one of those things. Like I, I talked to my girlfriend. Like when we go to New York next year, I was like, I know to get on the show, you actually have to get into like some crazy lottery early in the morning, and then you may not even get in the show like to watch it because it's free. Yeah, but you just have to show up for tickets, and it's it's kind of hard. I heard because there's like hundreds of people out there. Yeah. Um, but I, I do want to try. I told her I was like, we should try to do an NBC Studios tour. Like, yeah, like you know how they always cool. talk about on yeah. uh, Thirty Rock, which, you know, if I don't want to get into Thirty Rock completely here, but uh, <laughs> Thirty Rock is Saturday Night Live. It's just the I guess sitcom documented version of it. It's just Tina Fey taking everything that she ran into, and, and, and being a head writer on Saturday Night Live and turning it into a show where, like, if you remember watching Thirty Rock, like they very rarely showed any of the skits that they actually ever did. Actually did, yeah. And and, and the skits you saw were terrible. Like yeah. like uh, Tracy Jordan as the, the the doctor with the machine that farted all the time and uh, just ridiculous things. It was like basically making fun of the absurd skits that didn't really go anywhere, and that was always in the background. And uh, yeah, anyway, but yeah, you're but you're right. Like Thirty Rock with like uh, if you could meet Kenneth the Page while you're on well, tour. That's, that's what I told her. I was like, we can take one of those Page tours, like Kenneth does. <laughs> so um, no, man, you might be able to. to I mean, if if not Saturday Live, I mean. You think maybe even like late night with Seth Meyers or something? That'd be cool to yeah. see that. That'd be awesome. I I regret not getting uh, anywhere there to see to go to like the Daily Show or Colbert 
any of that stuff. I don't know why. Like, the, New York's not that far away from us. I just I've never been, and I yeah. regret not doing that. So, yeah, I hope you get to. Maybe that's your breakthrough chance to actually get on the show and become just a cast member. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, this is my audition. This no. is my one character. It's a guy named Joe. God. Yeah. Like, I have no formal acting training, theater, <laughs> never done anything. I could read off cue cards just as good as Bobby Moynihan, yep. probably better. I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, why do you love Saturday Night Live? Um, I like Saturday Night Live because, um, and it's funny, I should, I, I, I you know what, I'm going to compare it to baseball. Like, I love, you know, I love baseball. Um, and a lot of people, I think, are in the same boat with baseball and Saturday Night Live. It's like, you know, you have you have people who be like, you know, oh, you know, baseball season started, and they're like, yeah, baseball, whatever, football, basketball, we, you know, and you're like, why? It's so much fun. It's a, you know, it's like you you go sit and you watch a game. Yes, I could sit through an entire game and one run is scored, and I'm just like, eh, that's kind of sucked. I, you know, but at least I got out to the park. Then there's games where stuff happens and it's so explosive and random. You're just like, oh my god! I just, I just wished, I, I wished, I just witnessed an eleven-run inning. That's amazing, like the energy from it. So you get your, your, um, you know, your your Will Ferrell, George W. Bush scenes, and you get your, um, uh, your your Matt Foley motivational speaker scenes every once in a while. But then you're gonna get scenes where people are playing cowboys that like to jump out of the ground and surprise people for no reason. Yeah. Or people that are playing ridiculous songs about apples around a campfire. You know, it's like you're gonna you're gonna get the you got to take the good and the bad. Or the, the Californians, which is always a skit they come back to. It's terrible. I never understood the Californians. <laughs> the only thing I ever took out of the Californians was like Bill Heater trying to make his Californian accent worse every time. And I, I think that was one of those the skits that's like it would make comedians laugh. And I don't know why that's funny to them and not like anybody else. But yeah, and probably people that understood California a little bit more too, or just like the nature of like like a uh, high concept like uh skits that they're just like man these people are really like their heads are up their asses trying to say something more important than what it is you know yeah. um but, but yeah but no the reason i like it is because like i like to sit down and be surprised you know like cuz i there's been a few episodes like like you know the Chappelle one that was just on like the walking dead skit like if i just totally gave up on uh, Saturday Night Live, that skit probably would have found its way to me from the internet somewhere. But there's other skits where I find where I'm just like cracking up. Yeah, you know. So um, I, I think it for me, it's the it, it's what you're saying there in the sense of like when you said baseball, I thought you were going to go with the analogy of like uh, you may know all the players on the team, but when they add somebody else, how does that change everything? Because with the constant changing of like the you know the you know whenever there's been there's been some distinct errors in the show. And the one that, like, I mean, everybody's going to remember their favorite era, right? Like, for me, it still feels like it probably, it's the tail end of the Mike Myers, Dana Carvey going into the Will Ferrell, yeah, that's, you know. That's, like, my favorite era. Because, yeah. like, I was really into SNL, like, when I was a teenager, like, during the Dana Carvey era, Mike Myers era, um, it, Phil Hartman. Yeah, and then when they brought on, like, Bill Hader and Andy Samberg in the same episode, I was like, who the hell are these guys? Right. And I was like, oh, Hader, it's like, this guy, he could do a bunch of impersonations, great. Anybody could, not not that anybody could do a Pacino, but anybody on Saturday Night Live could probably do a Pacino. Right. And then Samberg is just this goof. Like, I was like, how is he going to be funny? And then... Like they ended up becoming some of my favorites, you know. That and usually like, is how it happens, though. Like you, you, like you'll see people come in and you'd be like, "Who is this dude?" You know, like, yeah. like, like I can't think of anybody recently that I was uh, kind of like surprised about. Terry oh, Killiam grew on me. He's been he, around for a while now, he but grew, well, he's gone yeah. now. But he's yeah, this season. But I'm saying like he feels newer to me than some of the other. Yeah, people. but like I'm trying to think of like who uh, who I really didn't. Oh, Leslie Jones. Yes. Like I, I will admit the first like like probably season Leslie Jones was on there. I was like really confused. I'm like <laughs> Leslie Jones. I was like, I was like, Oh, she's just like loud. And like, why do they have to have somebody who's like loud and obnoxious? Like, why are they going that route? But then like after like several skits and like just some of the stuff she did, like the one, uh, was it naked and afraid with Peter Dinklage? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, and just some of her bits on, uh, uh, um, uh, update, update are amazing. Like, you know, and did you see the, uh, they did the recent mannequin challenge for I Kristen. S- Kristen Wiig's supposed to be next week yeah, or something I, like that. I, I saw the clip of it, but I didn't actually see the clip. I, I saw it in passing. I didn't actually watch it's it It's funny because like, it, it pans over and like everybody's mannequined. 
and like they showed Leslie Mannequin, but then she comes back around and she's like looking at everybody and everybody's standing there like mannequins and she's like, Why are y'all still standing still? <laughs> she's like looking, and they're like, What's wrong with you? And that's like funny. they're all like like Kristen Wood's looking at her. Like she just has this this great delivery and like she really grew on me. But there are a lot of cast members like that, but that is much like baseball where it's just like you get somebody new and you're just like, Oh, like so now, like whenever I see these people at the end of the cast, you know how they do the cast in the beginning. Yeah, with like some of the like the yeah, like, I'm always and so and so and so and so. I'm always curious who's kind of going to make it. Like who's going to be, who's going to be the one that that is the next uh, Will Ferrell or next Kate McKinnon or uh, Amy Poehler. Yeah, because it's like I look at some of the more more recent people that are not there anymore, like uh, Nassim Padrad. I liked her. And yeah, she, I liked her a lot. And then like Abby Elliott, I liked her a lot too. And then she oh, did Chris Elliott's daughter. Yeah, yeah. Um, like and it's like they kind of aren't there. Like they just kind of disappeared. Like I worry that uh, Cecily Strong's going to go away because she's really really yeah, good. She is, but really they haven't good. done anything with her recently. Like uh, I always feel like when they haven't done anything with somebody for a while, I feel like that they're developing or they're writing for them more. Well, I hope so. Uh, you know. I don't know. I, I looked on the writer's list. I don't think Cecily's on there, but like I feel like she kind of contributes a lot to some of the characters. She just seems like somebody would be like a writer. Yeah, and so I, I also feel like, too, this is a, this format works for us now because we've grown up with it, we've known it, but like at the time, it had to be a big a big challenge to be like, hey, people don't normally watch TV Saturday nights, even back in like 77 when the show came on, uh, and the re- part of the genesis of it was that um, NBC was taking... Uh, Johnny Carson's shows and running them on the weekends. And he's like, don't do that anymore. I want my reruns to be on during the week so I could take some time off. So they had to find something to replace Carson. And when they did this, uh, it was, you had to think about that, like, like ridiculous, absurd comedy that may not stick. And then we're going to have music too. It was a very, um, like what there's, I don't can't think of a format that's like that anymore. There's nothing really that's still that. Well, no, but I mean, it is a, a, an all essence of variety show. I mean, yeah. it's comedy and music. You know, yeah. you have your your music act, and then you've got like you know shows and skits that they put on. Um, so, I yeah. So, uh, I I do feel like it it kind of comes and goes in waves of like there's a while where they can't seem to get their shit straight and, and find anything that's funny. Yeah, and it's like maybe it's just because they don't know the people that they got the new people. Maybe it's that. Uh, some people are, are pushing for ideas that never really worked to begin with, and then they're still coming back to it. Um, I, I don't know, but I feel like there's always like that lightning rod moment where it's like, okay, these guys have found their footing, and then we're good for a bit, and then they go all off and do movies and get too big for the show. I feel like they haven't really focused on characters a lot lately, and that was one of the big things that like throughout the years, everybody always, anybody who kind of like had their, I don't want to say their worth, but like they had characters that they did. Like Mm -hmm. everybody had multiple characters that they did or even one big character, you know, and then those those turned into like movies like you had, you know, your Blues Brothers, you had Wayne's World, uh, Night at the Roxbury, um, McGruber saves his family that no one remembers. Right. Yeah. Like (laughs) that's Pat. Yeah. Oh, God. Pat. (laughs) Yeah. Who is that? Julius Sweeney. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. That was that was like another skit. Even even um, uh, Stewart saves his family. It was like whenever. Al Franken did Stuart Smalley. I was just like, why the hell do they keep doing this skit? <laughs> like, I didn't like Stuart Smalley. I like the one where Michael Jordan was hosting the show and they had Michael Jordan doing the reflections in the mirror. And he was just like, okay, okay, Michael. It's like, even if you don't score the most basketball points and all this, it's like, you're still a good person. They had Michael Jordan repeating back, even if he doesn't score all these points. And it was just really funny seeing him happen to have an affirmation of like, he's more than just basketball. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Um, well, that's funny when they tie stuff like in, into yeah. that. So, you know, and then you get you get guests that actually become more characters that are repetitive, and that makes it even funner because it makes it a little special because you're never going to get that character all the time like you would if, you know, Kristen Wiig was doing the Target Lady like once a month. You know, I, I'm conflicted about Kristen Wiig because I think she's hysterical. But she annoyed the piss out of me all the time on the show with those, like that character and the tiny hands one. Like really, I hated that. the tiny hands one. And then I and I and I thought it was funny when she'd play the secret word game and be like the the lady from like the fifties that was for like she was the actress that was always like overdo it and always mm-hmm. tell the word. It was funny, but after a while, like I, I really yeah, think she's funny. But I feel like you talk about characters. After a while, like she was like the the face of the show there for a little bit, yeah. And and like next week, how much you would have bet some of these characters come back? And I'm gonna be like, yeah, I'm good. You know, I don't know. Like, 
Oh, I mean, she she won me like over Gilly? after. Yeah, I don't like Gilly. You don't like Gilly? Ugh, no, yeah. I don't. I just I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's um, everybody had characters they did and didn't like. Like I don't know why they did certain characters. So. Well, and I also know too that in the writers' room that if your skit gets picked and on the show, you get a bonus. So I'm going to guess if you if you write a character and your whole goal is to have a character that strikes it, people are going to see it more. So you're going to get more airtime. You're going to get more money. Yeah. So I feel like. We talk about there's times where there's a lot of characters. I bet you Stefan kept showing up because, you know, there was some money there to be had for having Stefan show up and always be on, on the update. Oh, Stefan was like, yeah. was magical. Cause like, <laughs> well, not only because like Stefan was funny, but like, he well, he was, didn't even know he was about to say it until he saw the cue cards too. Right. And that yeah. was part of the fun of it is yeah. because Bill Heater couldn't hold it together. And I think that was the fun of the character. And that's why they kept putting him on the, on the screen because like, they were like, let's see what we can write to make Bill crack up. So yeah, that was one of the fun things about Stefan. Um, so yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I guess it's just one. Of, this is one of those things that like it's foundational in the sense that for me, like this. I know we talked about South Park recently. Um, that's going on twenty years. The Simpsons are going on close to thirty now. Um, it's just it, it. It's it almost feels like there's an extended adolescence for me with a lot of this because it just never went away, you know. And like it's almost yeah. like they're they're relatives. They're always going to be around. And you know, I don't know. It's it's a, well, we're in a weird time where some of this media is not going away. No, and what's cool about it, like if you have stuck with SNL for years or at least enjoyed it at, at one point in time, you know, they bring back other cast members, they bring back other hosts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for like on the Chappelle episode, they had Chris Rock come in and he he did a skit with Chappelle and a couple other cast members and it was just like, Oh cool, it's Chris Rock, you know, it's like yeah. you know, and, and you know, sometimes like I'm sure with Kristen Wig coming back, they'll bring back a couple people that have worked with her to do certain skits. Like I'm sure Fred Armisen will show up and they'll do those people on update that uh, try to sing Yeah. Like, like, it's another one that I like the idea, but yep. I, I it's like it's another one of those it's like I'm sure they're making each other crack up. Please get off the stage right now. Right, like, right. Yeah. But like, but they do stuff like that, and it's kind of fun. Like, I like when they do the update wars. Like every once in a while, I think for like one of the anniversaries, they had, um, you know, they had Chain Jost, and then they then they brought uh, um, Seth and uh, Amy Amy back, and then they brought Tina and Jimmy back, and then they went all the way back to Jane Curtin. You know, so yeah. it was like it was like oh, it was kind of cool seeing everybody there to do update except for Chevy. So. Well, and it's like, and, and speaking about impact, and and, and um, like this is a show that as you go along, the bigger the ripple is going to get with it, you know, in terms of just like, like for example, as I was leaving work today, one of my coworkers, um, I lent him the movie Hot Rod, which uh, it's that copy of Hot Rod that Joe bought for me years ago, because when we worked at video store together, I kept checking it out, and then he got annoyed with me, and then eventually bought it for me. So thank you, Joe. <laughs> I have now lent that movie to somebody else, and. Uh, he hadn't watched. He's like, I like Andy Samberg. And it's like that movie wouldn't exist without Andy Samberg right. being part of Alive. And furthermore, that movie was a project that was originally intended for Will Ferrell, and he passed on it. So they took it and kind of made their own Lonely Island type of movie. Yeah. And it's like, and I love that movie. I feel like Hot Rod is um, Andy Samberg's Talladega Nights in a way. <laughs> but like, but Andy Samberg is another great point. Um, I mean, look at look at uh, Lonely Island. Like Lonely Island coming out of Saturday Night Live. Well, that and they existed before, and then Sandberg gets picked up by by Lauren, and then they somehow work out a deal where Akiva and, and Yorma come along too, and the, and everybody still knows them as the Lonely Island as opposed to those guys from Saturday Night Live. Guys from, but digital shorts, probably, you you wouldn't have all these crazy digital shorts like you did as successful without them. Like there's so many Lonely Island digital shorts that I know that they did where. Um, like I'll never forget the first time I saw uh, people getting punched before eating, <laughs> and I was like, I was howling, like I was yes. just like I was almost in tears, and like I mean, I know it's bad, but like just like unexplained random violence, like oh well, yeah, and then and the, the music, whole, I don't know, the, the music, music just hit the bit with just the and that's music that they've done when they were just doing their regular Lonely Island stuff. Yeah. So there's something weird about that, that Casio keyboard, yeah, just that little beeping and like yep. the beat, right? Um, yeah, like the first time I saw Lazy Sunday was at the like the very early onset of YouTube, and I was like, "What is this?" Right. And I remember showing everybody I lived with. I was like, "I don't know what this is, but it's my favorite thing in the world now." Right. And and then that's how I started like learning about the Lonely Island and finding out they have way more going on than just Saturday Live. Right. Uh, but then the first time um, uh, I watched Dick in a Box, I was upstairs 
uh, in a house that I lived at the time in an attic trying to cover my face because I was laughing so hard. And I don't know what it is. Like maybe it's just because they came along at the right time for me, but that, that humor locked in and it was amazing for me. Yeah. I don't think they ever produced it. I mean, there were a couple that I was just kind of like, okay, but like there's so many lonely Island things and digital shorts that they've done. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so then you also mentioned the movies too. Like, uh, uh, they, cause I mentioned hot rock. Cause it's not, it's, it's, it's silent live adjacent, not silent live, you know, in full right but there's a lot of a lot of cast members that were in there seth myers wrote part of it like he did a little bit of writing on it as well like there's enough in there right um so the movies too like i remember when i was in junior high when wayne's world came out that was a huge deal it was a big deal when wayne's world came out i remember going to see both of them and that's yeah like the blues brothers and wayne's world were the only two that warranted any type of a sequel yeah, they well, did so well. Yeah, and Blues Brothers two thousand, we'll, we won't talk about. that. Yeah, yeah. but that and that one was kind of like you know far far gone out after uh, Belushi had passed away, but um, but like I remember like when Wayne's World came out, and um, I remember the soundtrack and just like you know Bohemian Rhapsody becoming amazing again. Yeah, from Wayne's World, and still it's it's hard not to sing bohemian rhapsody a lot i think because of wayne's world because of the opening credits where wayne and garth and the gang are in his his car singing bohemian rhapsody through the whole credits yeah and i feel like that's something that probably introduced our generation more so to queen in yes. a way of just like what is the song because like i don't remember ever hearing it before that like no, neither I mean, do i i was like 14 or 15 yeah. years old yeah because it's more i mean honestly bohemian rhapsody is an oddball song mm-hmm. that just happens to win everybody over yeah. for some reason and uh, but yeah, that that stuck with me. Uh, like Alice Cooper and that too stuck with me. The jokes with that, yeah, yeah. And it's just um, that something about that movie just it it, it just resonated, and like I just was so excited for it, and I loved it. And and then but there's other there's other movies that came out with like that they tried being like, well, Night at the Roxbury, we got to do that, we got to do it's Pat, we got to do all this. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's just not every single character deserved a movie, but I'm glad those exist, and it's because of Saturday Live, and I can't think of another. Like, I mean, I guess SCTV had one movie and that was Strange Brew, which you've not seen and you've been, you were, you're mad at, not mad at me, but you're like, well, everybody's mad at me now because I haven't seen it apparently. (laughs) Um, But I just can't think of another like ongoing thing like this that has spawned so much other side meat, not side media, but like other creative projects like this. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, is it going to end anytime soon? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I think Lauren's going to be doing it for a while. And happy um, birthday, Lauren. Yeah, Lauren today is, is, is his actual birthdays. actual birthday. Not, not birthdays. Like, he doesn't have multiple birthdays. Maybe. He's Canadian. Maybe he has a secret Canadian birthday. They give him about. an American and a Canadian birthday. Yeah. Um, and actually, him, too. Like, he produced, I think he was part of SCTV for a second. He also did uh, Kids in the Hall. He was a producer on that. Yeah, was, I mean, and, let's talk about that for a minute. Like, you know, this is about SNL, but you wouldn't have so many other sketch comedy shows without SNL. You do kids in the hall. Uh, the state wouldn't exist state. without it. Yeah. Um, and that's another one that's keeps springing out weird. Like there's so much that has spun out of the state that I almost feel like that could be a whole other talk. It could mad um, TV. That's another one. Yeah. Stranger with candy. Yeah. Like, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I want, I want to celebrate this. I don't want to turn into a big, like, remember this, remember this, uh, like Chris Farley, like remember when he would talk to guests and be yeah. like, remember? Remember that time that you wrote all those songs with the Beatles? Remember um, that? So do you think it's still relevant to have music art artists on the show? Because um, do, you, do you watch the music artists or no? Usually. It depends. Yeah. Like I watched Tribe Called Quest when they were on. Um, there's some where I just kind of, I'm just like, I don't really care. Uh, about certain artists and if they're really weird or if it's like what was the song there's sometimes when they have some artists on and I'll give them a chance and if they start playing something that they play on the radio 4,000 times I'll skip past it mm. um, like that that one band I can't remember their name that does that song from Suicide Squad oh I don't remember the, the you know the ending credit song yeah they they were on Saturday Night Live and they played that song and I'm like oh my god I've heard this song so many times like <laughs> get through this you know and then like some people put on really cool uh um you know shows like i mean i'm not a big kanye west fan but when kanye is on saturday night live he He always does something he does something really cool it's not like he's just up there in a band's playing uh so you know usually like that stuff i'll watch but like yeah i do watch the musical guests and then I, i usually like when they incorporate the musical guests into some of the skits usually. I mean, sometimes they have musical guests host and then they, they also play music. So yeah, they get a two for one, you know? So, um, 
what would you say like not i guess it's hard to put like a top 10 because this is a 40 year old show yeah i would have um, to think but, and, and we're in the nacho hat we're gonna we'll get to that in a second that's gonna tie into a lot of Saturday Live. but in terms of hosts like um like i'll tell you like the one the one episode that caught me completely off guard that has no right being funny but i was tickled by three quarters of it was the eli manning episode that one makes oh, me laugh God. so hard. The one where and he's it, in court? Yeah. Yes. Like, and the, and the I was tr- laughing so hard at that one, too. And then the whole thing, too, where they do the motion capture for Madden, and they're supposed to come up with a, like a like a victory pose. Yeah. And he, he he can't come up with one. And at one point, it looks like he's like, okay, what are you doing? Like Jason Sudeikis is kind of like talking him through. He's like, you what, do you, what is that? Is it, you have a sandwich? You dropped your sandwich. You're looking for your sandwich. How is that football? You know? And then yeah. at one point, it's just like, because Eli Manning has such a the dopey look on his face the entire did, time. Yeah. There, that, the Eli Manning episode was really good i'll never forget that one where they're going through his text records and they're like the court what? case one yeah oh the court goodness. case one he's like what is this it's like he's like oh it's it's like a smiley face with a tongue out and he's like could you demonstrate that for the court and he does this like <laughs> weird face it's like they made him do an emoji like face it's it like was, you up you out yep, yep, you up you up hey yeah. yep. and they're like okay we're gonna subpoena these uh whatever records he's like i'd just like to commit to the or, uh <laughs> confess admit, to the murder right now the murder right now <laughs> like um so yeah. that one that one caught me off guard how much i enjoyed it uh there obviously was a callback to like the big brothers little brothers thing that they did like a recorded like it was a digital short and he um you could definitely tell that he has some anger issues over his older brother peyton manning mm-hmm. which peyton manning i i, I love his united way commercial that he does for Santa live where he's out in the park throwing the ball at the kids and just drilling them teaching them how to break into cars and all that like that makes me laugh every time too so is there like a host or episode that you think of you're like you know, like I wasn't expecting this to be like as good as it was. Uh, I anytime Justin Timberlake hosts, I love Justin Timberlake. I think it's because Saturday Live that I I like him a lot. I think that helps my case as well because like that dude is really funny. Like, and I mean they do a good job, obviously, of writing skits for him. But there's tons of artists. He has his own recurring characters now on the show. Yes, yeah. like that's that's impressive if you have your own recurring characters. I mean, like most actors who hosted multiple times, you know, like um. Uh, Alec Baldwin, you know, he's got recurring characters. He's usually a big one. I'm sure Tom Hanks will be back and they'll pull David S. Pumpkins in. Um, and like Christopher Walken's showing up, like being the, that one the continental. Guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that guy, you know, they've, they've always got, I'd like, I wish they could get Christopher Walken on there again. I know he's getting really, really old, but, um, I thought it was really cool. They had Betty white on there a couple years ago though. Yeah. That was really, really cool that they got Betty white to host. So I just think it's always the ones that you don't expect. Like, I feel like, um, the Wayne Gretzky episode was pretty good. Uh, just because you, you, you put someone that's really good at the one thing they do in their life and you take them and completely put them in someplace different and see yeah. how game they are. Like the Joe Montana episode, like I know I'm going way back, but there's some really funny bits they did with him. Um, I do like seeing non-traditional uh, hosts just yeah. in the sense of like, yeah, you're going to have a good time with Chappelle. You're going to have a good time with Alec Baldwin. I like seeing like, um, <clears throat> like, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm getting all choked up talking about this. Like, uh, like Chris Hemsworth and just like, even though Chris like, Hemsworth, the one Chris Hemsworth that was really good. I thought that was funny. The one yeah. where he was the the one white guy in Empire, <laughs> going around trying to get people to sign a birthday card, and then the whole like the whole cast of Empire is just doing their thing, like fighting with each other, and he's just I just need a signature for Janice's birthday card. Like, yeah. so so yeah, I just um I enjoy yeah. that uh, and I don't know like I, I guess it's a, I guess there's like other there's probably some bigger things to talk about just the nature of that show and also the nature of it being live like you talked about like you see people kind of break character and kind of laugh or if something doesn't happen quite right, like even with the Chappelle episode with the mom breastfeeding him. Uh, oh skit, yeah. Like clearly that did not go the way it was supposed to. No. Cause you can and, see and the Pete ma- Davidson got an entire face full of milk that I think he was supposed to get some of that. Not all of that. Yeah. And there just, was, you, there was a spot where you saw his head move and you saw the apparatus that they were using to spray it. Yeah. And it was definitely not on script in that sense, but that was another skit where everybody was really trying to hold it together. <laughs> And I think Pete Davidson's another one of those uh, cast members. He's grown on me. Where he's grown on me too, too. But I think he's another one of those cast members where he's giggling all the time. Yeah. So, um, so uh, I guess before we get to the Nacho Hat, uh, any particular maybe not characters because Nacho Hat's going to be a death match with our favorite characters. Is there a particular skit that you enjoyed? There's so like, many. Okay. I mean, you can't really. I mean, do you remember like, the Patrick Stewart sexy cakes skit? No. Where you had the erotic cakes? Uh-uh. <laughs> no, you know what's you know what skit I like that I think is that is un, not underrated, but that always that is in that that 
10 to 1 time frame yeah. is is the is Cecily Strong and Vanessa Bayer doing the porn stars. Oh my goodness, stuff. yeah. That one because I don't yeah. know how they're able to pull it off but like they they play these these amazing airheaded porn stars trying to sell like they're trying to basically get free stuff by making a commercial advertising the thing they want yeah it's hoping that if someone sees like uh like what was the dolce gabata purse or something yeah. and and there's that champagne one yep like and, it's and just, the boats yeah. the yachts or whatever and they always <laughs> mispronounce everything yeah and like some of the stuff they say is stuff that you have to wait till like after midnight to say yeah and some of it you're just like did they just say that out right. loud and yeah. It's it's reoccurring enough. Like there was one where they, I think I brought it up before, where they make like a like a like a prostate joke, and I was like, oh my god! Like I was like, I can't believe they said that. <laughs> yeah. So all right. Um, yeah. Let us know. I was. I. I it occurred to me to maybe ask you guys out there what your favorite Silent Live stuff is, and I forgot to post on the Facebook because I'm a good person and I forgot. I'm yeah. sorry. But uh, if you guys want to let us know, if you want to even link some of your favorite skits on the show page, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah, too. that'd be cool. Maybe um, we haven't seen them. Yeah, like the Sylvester Stallone, uh, Will Ferrell one, where Will Ferrell's going to buy a computer and Sylvester Stallone's trying to sell it to him. I don't know if you've seen that one or mm-hmm. not. Uh, it's it's wrong, but funny. And Sylvester, that's another episode that was really good. Sylvester Stallone, when he hosted, solid episode all the way through. Surprisingly, how game he was to do the things that he did. Um, so, that, yeah, link your favorite skits uh, or SNL digital shorts. I know sometimes it's weird because it's, since NBC controls, obviously, all of that. Some of it's on YouTube, some of it's not. You know, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, link what you, link what you like, and we'll all have fun with it. It'll be a good time. Um, that hits up on our Facebook. It's Invasion of the Podcast. Um, yeah, we're on Twitter at Invading Podcast. We're at Gmail, so Invading Podcast Gmail dot com. I just thought it would be good to have some levity and to talk about how important the stuff is to me. Oh, we have um, a we have yeah. a we have a Twitch channel now too. So. Oh, we have a Twitch channel. There you yeah, go. Yeah, how cool is that? I play video games, and you guys can watch me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll live stream most most of the time, but I will upload. So if you if you don't catch it when it's being streamed you could always watch a video that i post up so i should challenge you to play some of the free games on steam and then you twitch those like some of the the free indie like maybe not so great games and (laughs) and have you react to it i think that'd be funny that would be funny Um, maybe maybe we could do a whole episode like that (laughs) because like like we could find some good multiplayer games to play because it records all audio so all you got to do is sit at your computer and play while i stream it yeah and we'll we'll have to do that so all right all right so all right now on to this nacho nacho man i want to be a nacho man so since i'm not nearly as creative as i told you with hand turkeys and my terrible jokes at the beginning and i know it's been a little while since we had the nacho hat but i thought it'd be funny if this was the ultimate arena battle of death between the silent live characters so we had uh, the lovely mary come up with 32 names we have them in the helmets. Let's see what we got here. Okay. So, first I have the Mango. Uh, I have Elwood Blues. Oh, Dan Aykroyd, Elwood Blues. Um, I feel like in reality Elwood would win, but the Mango, I think he, the Mango would have Elwood fall in love with him uh-huh. and chase him through the ends of the earth and then not quite ever give in. Yeah, I feel like that would happen too. <laughs> like I feel like Elwood would probably be tough enough in reality to take Mango out. So Mango's not that tough, but... No. Yeah, I like the idea that um, Garth Brooks made up the character of Chris Gaines just to get closer to Mango. And there's a whole skit about how the Mango fell in love with Chris Gaines, but he wasn't interested in Garth Brooks. Uh, <laughs> I think I think one of my favorite bits that probably wasn't very very famous or utilized was when Tracy Morgan used to yell at Lauren Michaels to go get him a soda, bitch. <laughs> and the episode that that uh, Garth Brooks hosted. Um, Tracy like it was like a skit ended and Tracy walked over and um Lauren was standing there and Tracy was talking to Garth Brooks and he starts talking about Chris Gaines and how terrible he is. <laughs> he's like he's like man he is awful and Chris and uh Garth Brooks is like trying to defend him and everything. And then like uh <laughs> Lauren walks up to Tracy, like trying to tell him, be like, no, it's the same dude, you know? And he's like, Tracy, I don't know. And he's like, what do you want? Go get me a soda, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) And Lauren Michaels is like, okay. And he just like walks away. (laughs) So we'll we'll have the mango with that. The mango. The mango. All right. Next one. What do you got? Uh, The Spartan Spirit Cheerleaders. Both of them? I guess both of them. All right. Well, okay. So I have Ace from the Ambiguously Gay Duo, which we didn't even talk about the TV Funhouse stuff because when ambiguously gay duo first came out that felt like wrong but not wrong as in like how dare they but like 
what are you getting away with here? Right. There was so much, like the car and yeah. all the different things they would do. Yeah. The way that they would fly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I love whenever they would fight the villains, and the villains would just be like, like nah. so what? Yeah. It's like, like, what are you guys doing? It's like, is this a joke? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like. <laughs> But yeah, like TV Funhouse, that was Robert Schmeigel. And we talked we, yeah. we talked about this when we were talking about setting up the show. Robert Schmeigel went off to do create Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, mm-hmm. which is amazing. So, With Conan. So who do you think would win between Spartan Spirit? Um, um, I don't know. That's tough because they're both there. Like, I feel like I feel like Craig would somehow get like romantically involved with him. Yes. And then like, but then But uh, they have the ultimate cheer. I think that would win. Yeah, you're right because I think she would pull him back to do the cheer because it doesn't matter if. Uh, so I'm gonna go with the Spartan Spirit. Yeah, what's Spartans. her name? I forget what was is Craig and what was uh, Sherry uh, Terry's character's name. God, I don't remember. No, that's gonna bug me. I just remember Craig because she always yelled at him. All right, so what do you got? Uh, show me what you've got. Show me what you've got. All right, I've got um, Jake Blues. <laughs> got the other Blues brother. I have just John Lovitz. Just John Lovitz. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He doesn't have to be a character. He's just John Lovitz. Um, that's the ticket. Oh yeah, that's the ticket. Uh, I don't know. I guess Jake. It's Jake. Okay. I I actually requested Mary when she put this guy. I was like, I just want John Lovitz just by himself. Like you have all these characters and John Lovitz. That I love. Did request. you did you watch the um uh the the whatever the the anniversary episode a and they did like ago. those we lost those we lost and then it was like John Lovitz and then it pans to him in the audience and he's like what the <laughs> hell like, <laughs> yeah yeah all right so I got um I got the Gap Girls oh, uh, with uh, David Spade yeah and um oh, uh, I got Farley. Matt Foley oh I gotta go with Matt Foley, Foley. Yeah. yeah man he can wreck he can wreck a coffee table yeah he would wreck the Gap like, he would you know, wreck the Gap back off I'm starving all right. <laughs> That's right. you're gonna hear some really terrible impersonations. I should probably say that at the beginning. Okay. All right. I have Opera Man. Uh, I have Mary Catherine Gallagher. <sighs> I like Opera Man just because he could sing his way out of everything. Yeah, I feel like. But I, she could also knock over chairs at a moment's notice. Right. I would go with Opera Man. Okay. So got Opera Man. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um. All right. I got Marty and Bobby Culp. They were the high school music teachers that Will Ferrell and uh, Anna Gasteyer played. Remember, they were all, they would do like the music medleys. About, oh yeah, like, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, yeah, had that keyboard. Yeah, uh, I'm not. I have somebody, and I know who this is written down on here. It's Turd Ferguson. Turd Turd Ferguson wins. That's yeah. all there's to it. <laughs> it says Burt Reynolds, Norm McDonald, but it's Tur- <laughs> it's Turd Ferguson. Turd Fer- he has the hat. He has because it's funny. That's not, no, that's not my name. <laughs> Dude, my my favorite celebrity Jeopardy was the one with Tom Hanks when he got his hand stuck in a pickle jar. And <laughs> was Tom Hanks playing himself? Yes, he was. Oh, that was the that. best part. Oh, you haven't seen that I haven't one? I haven't seen that one. Oh my gosh, we got to watch that later. That's my favorite <laughs> one, and that's one of the newer ones. And it was just like unexpected because he wasn't he wasn't the host. Yeah, and they just had him. I think I think Will Ferrell was actually the host. All right, so all right, I have Pat. Uh, I have the church lady. Oh, look at that. That's a tough one. Because yes. how would the church lady deal with Pat? Because you don't know if Pat's a he or a she. It's just Pat. But it's church lady. So ah. she has the power of God. And, and Satan? Satan. Yeah. I would go with church, church lady. Church lady. All right. I kind of don't think we're going with fighting skills. No. We're just no, going no, we're with not. who we think is cooler. Uh, <laughs> I win this next one, no matter what you're about to say. What do you got? Uh, I have Doug Boot. Butabi from the Roxbury. Oh, that's um, that's either Will Ferrell or is that the Butabi Katan? brothers. Yeah. yeah, I have Toons is the driving cat. Oh so my Toons god, is wins. Toons is a totally win. <laughs> oh, and I feel like I'm gonna win this next one too. I have Beldar Conehead. Oh, that's a good one. I have the Land Shark. You know, like like you hear that? I feel like Candy Graham. I feel like Beldar would win. Yeah, because like. The Land, shark would get stuck. It on would his get cone. stuck on his cone. Okay. Like the shark would get stuck. But then, like I feel like Beldar would probably do some like alien type of attack. Yeah, Don't, didn't they have probably, psychic abilities or something? Something like that. Yeah. Like I don't the know. is actually a decent movie too. Yeah, it is a pretty yeah. good movie. That's another movie that was in SNL that actually spun off twenty years like, plus af- after. Plus after. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Candy Graham. I have Hans. I can't I can't read okay. this, but I know who this is. Okay. Uh Yortuk Fester rank. What's that? Uh Steve Martin from Two Wild oh, and Crazy what, Guys. Oh, yeah, that's 
I got to give it to Steve Martin, even though it's Hans. Who's Hans? It, it's Hans of Hans and Franz. Oh, Hans would win. Hans, but okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean if we're going to talk physicality. Yeah, that's, that's true. Hans would win. Because he's got these oh. little baby arms and he can't <laughs> fight back to Hans. But he's a wild and crazy guy. He's too wild. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Uh, this is a skit I didn't really care for, but I uh, love the idea behind it. Okay, you know? I have Garth Algar. I have Baby Boss. It's the oh, one that um, no. that, yeah, I can't stand I, that one. It's a funny idea, but I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we're I'm gonna, gonna go with Garth because he can make a device or just walk away from Baby Boss. Yeah, Baby Legs and Regular Legs. That's a different show. I have Steve Butabi. I have Franz. Franz. We gotta have Franz. Okay, I think it's gonna come down to Hans and Franz yeah, fighting. Maybe. All right, uh, Wayne Campbell, Canteen Boy. I, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, if we get, if we got Garth in there to win, I don't know. I think Wayne. I think because Wayne had a gun rack. He didn't have any guns, but he had a gun rack. Yeah, and he has the ability to have. He can change the ending of things at will with that. Yeah. All right, we'll yeah. go with Wayne. All right, so we got Wayne Campbell. Yeah, because Camp- Canteen Boy is just a victim. But he could also play a flute and summon snakes, right? Wasn't yeah. that the whole thing? I don't right. remember. All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, so I got Dan Aykroyd from Two Wild and Crazy uh, Guys. I got George Sean Connery from uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, Daryl Hammond. Oh, geez. Yeah. Sean Connery would totally win. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Wild and Crazy Guys. Uh, I got the ladies' man, Leon Phelps. Oh, that's a good one. I have Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> a caveman lawyer would win because I mean he, I feel like he'd have like a club or caveman strength. You'd be like, I may have just been a frozen caveman, but I, I understand this man's guilty. All right, what I got last here? I got Samurai Futaba. Oh, see, that's a good one. That's mm-hmm. uh, John Belushi. John Belushi, yeah. Because I have Gary from the Ambiguous Gay Duo, but oh, I feel like Samurai's Samurai going to win. Totally All right. win. All right. So. All right, so exciting, exciting, exciting. Gonna go because you know because you know how we guys we do this guys we're just gonna keep going till we have a winner and um yeah it's exciting radio sorry podcasting it's live live podcasting <laughs> oh wait here just just put them all in the same one here oh, okay oh. just because I started putting them in there all right all right all right it's sweet sixteen here yep all right I got oh Matt Foley. The Spartan Spirit cheerleaders. I am going to go with Matt Foley. Yeah, yeah, I think Matt Foley. Even if they did get a good cheer going, he would I, hit them with the van he lives in down yeah, by the river. It would just turn into like him. Just I don't care about your little cheers. <laughs> what was that character you used to play too? Where you go on update and always do the like the air quotes, where he's like, "I may not be a clean man or use deodorant." Yeah, I remember no, that. No, yeah. uh, I got unfrozen caveman lawyer. Oh, Hans. That's tough. That's tough. What do you think? Um, I, uh, I even though this unfrozen caveman lawyer and he did have to struggle, I feel like Hans is going to win that. I do too. Yeah. All right. Wouldn't it be terrible? It goes down to Hans and Franz, and that's it. Like, I how think it will. I just I'm surprised that none of the super fans are in here. Like, uh, you know, the Bears, like Norm McDonald. Oh yeah. Norm McDonald. Uh, Norm, what's his name uh, from the super fans? All right. I got Toons as the driving cat. Oh, I got Sean Connery. I think Toonses. Toonses. I like Toonses. I got to give some credit to Toonses. But, like, I feel like Toonses is going to win this whole thing because whoever's in the car dies. And if you're in front of the car, he's probably going to hit you. What if it's Toonses versus Matt Foley at the end where you got the van and the, the driving cat? I feel like... I feel like he would win only because, like, I don't think he would die. <laughs> I think he would, like... He, nothing could sink him lower than that van down by the river. And I'm also surprised there's no David S. Pumpkins in here either because I made a request yeah. for that. The Mango. Opera Man. Oh, shit. It's the Battle of One Note Characters. I still think the Mango because I think the Mango uh, drove more people wild than Opera Man. Yeah, uh, that's you know. true. I think uh, he'd get... Speaking of, of Opera Man, though, uh, on, on Conan O'Brien recently, Adam Sandler was on there this week and he did a new song. And it was just really weird seeing him with a guitar singing a song again. And it was just him about missing this chair that he uh, kicked to the curb and how he's like, I wonder who's farting in you now. Like it was total like vintage Sandberg. And it was like, and he was cracking himself up while singing. And I'm like, where have you been? I yeah. miss you, Sandler. Oh. Yeah. Because we didn't even talk about L- Lunch Lady Land or uh, yeah. Red Hooded Sweatshirt or any of that stuff. All right. Yeah. I have Beldar Conehead. Uh, I have Jake Blues. And I think Beldar, Beldar. Yeah. yeah. Consume mass quantities. 
Turd Ferguson. Wayne Campbell. Turd Ferguson? Yeah, I think Turd Ferguson. Sorry, Wayne. The church lady. Franz. Franz. You think? Versus church lady versus Satan? I don't, I don't know, man. Church lady seems like she, she'd kind of be kind of squirrely. I, I think so, because you don't know. I don't know. We already got we already got Franz in here, right? Yeah, so. Yeah. All right. Or wait. I don't know. What pile is that? This is the pile that didn't win. So do you want didn't me to put... Win. Yeah. Okay, no. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, did you pull one? Yeah, I got pull one. Yeah. Oh, right, is Gar- that, that's it. Round two. Garth, almost done. Garth Algar. And Samurai uh, Futabi. Oh, yeah. Samurai. Garth, Garth would totally be killed. <laughs> Even if he had that, that electromagnet that he used in the movie to move the guy out of the crowd. Yeah, he goes out in his car to get <laughs> like a, a stun gun yeah. that requires to be like him to wear it and charge it. And like, I, I love it where the guy's like, dude, that was awesome. He's like, thanks. That's it. Like, very, very quiet. Dana Carvey is now 60 years old. Do you know that? Yeah. Like, that's... Well, he was I, just on last week. I just, but the whole idea of, like, Dana Carvey's 60 years old just makes... Like, I mean, I'm 38, so, I mean, I guess people get older, but it's like, it just... I can't imagine an old Garth, even though Garth was kind of old, but he was Garth. I think he know? just had a stand-up show, too. It's on Netflix, yeah. Yeah, but no, they just had him on doing Church Leader last week. Yeah. Before heard, Chappelle. I, right, I got Hans. I got Franz. Oh, no! Oh. Who do you think's the more girly man? So, you had so Kevin wait. Nealon and Dana Carvey. Which one was Kevin Nealon? Uh, Kevin Nealon was Hans. All right, I'm going to go with Hans because he's taller. Yeah. He's got reach. Right. Oh, man. Knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I like that that was a good showdown. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, Matt Foley. The Mango. I don't think... I Matt don't, Foley has nothing to lose. I don't think he I don't would. think he'd fall for the Mango. I think he'd be conflicted, yeah. but he wouldn't fall for the Mango. Yeah. Sorry, the Mango. Turd Ferguson. Toons is the driving cat. Oh, but you have the bandit. Yeah, you Toons do have the bandit. Oh, oh, Turd Ferguson. I, I will give it to him because he just doesn't give a shit. No. I think he would live through the car the car crash and just not care. Yeah. Like, uh, Samurai Futaba. Beldar Conehead. Ooh. I think that Conehead's falling apart. I think the yeah. Samurai's going after him. Um. Yeah, he would totally. He's got the sword. Yeah. Oh, that's it. All oh, right, it's between fi- these four guys. Final here. four. I feel like we have a pretty good... Well, actually, do we have anybody new? I feel like we're maybe we're going way back with some of the characters here. Uh, do you remember yeah. the, the John Belushi uh, Little Tiny Donuts? Little yeah, chocolate donuts the Wheaties <laughs> Little Tiny Donuts. He's smoking, <laughs> a, smoking a cigarette, eating Little Tiny Donuts, and you see him winning like a race and doing like a, like a high jump, and it's just like, I, I attribute it all to Little Tiny Donuts or Little Chocolate Donuts. I got Matt Foley. Okay, and I got Hans... Oh, I don't know. They're both really strong. They are strong, and he and, and Matt Foley does get passionate. I um, don't think Hans could get in his head where he's just like, "Oh, you you live in a van. That's so sad." I yeah. You know, I, also, I also think a lot of his muscles just for show and not for actually doing right? anything. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna give it to Matt. And we're we're uh, I think we're showing our our uh, our bias here towards Matt Foley, Trent um, Ferguson. Tur- oh, and Samurai Futaba. Uh, samurai. samurai, you want Samurai versus Matt Foley? I mean, yeah. Well, no. Well, Samurai. Yeah, I don't think Turd Ferguson would stop Samurai. Okay, so we got Matt Foley and the Samurai. So I don't know. That's a tough one. <laughs> I I think it's just that sword. Yeah. So, but man, look at that John Belushi coming back uh, for the win. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's a very amazing, uh, scientifically accurate nacho helmet. So I, I like that. Uh, that was our ten to one skit that we did there. Hope you guys Ooh. liked it. Hastily put together, questionable results. All right, so um, yeah, that's going to do it, man. We 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 burned through this episode. We actually took less time talking about Saturday Night Live than Saturday Night Live actually runs. So there's that. Uh, next week, uh, we're going to talk about dysfunctional families. Yeah. Um, I I think this is going to be fun. Like I, I asked Joe to watch F is for Family on Netflix. Uh, it's six episodes. Oh. If you guys have not watched that, check it out. Please remind uh, me to do that. I forgot about it. <laughs> 
gotta watch F it. is for forgetting about watching. F is it for family. Is. Um, and then if you guys want to also tell us your favorite dysfunctional families. I mean, you got the Simpsons. that They're there, right? But it, I feel like they're not as dysfunctional as what we're going to get into a no, little and, bit. And I, I kind of want to start watching Shameless, which I've heard oh, is I should watch that too, the yeah. crown of dysfunctional families. Yeah. So we're Because I figure that's a good Thanksgiving holiday topic is dysfunctional families. So that'd be fun. Uh, so yeah, hit us up on that. Uh, again, hit us up on social media. I just want to mention here, uh, real quick, uh, um, just uh, hit it, iTunes, Stitcher, give us some reviews, uh, five stars or however many stars are available. That'd be great. Uh, we're again, we're available on Google Play. So if that's something you prefer to listen to us on, that'd be awesome. Uh, this this weekend on the nineteenth, the Capitol Theater is showing the Muppet movie. Oh yeah, at eleven a.m. and midnight. So you can either go in the morning or go late at night and watch. Uh, that's the one with the rainbow song, right? I couldn't tell you. Okay. But anyway, it's a Muppet movie. So like, why would you want to go see the Muppets? So, um, and support the, the Capitol. That's, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, yeah, I got, I got nothing else. Anything? No. Nothing. All right. So we're going to have the cast come out and wave. Yeah, wave, we should have. Yeah. Thank everybody. We should have got that pian- the piano. Yeah. Play. That <laughs> music, every time I hear that, it doesn't matter if I'm watching Saturday Night Live on Hulu at like three in the afternoon. If I hear that piano playing when they when they start the credits or, you know, when they're saying goodnight, thanks for the show, I'm always just like, it's time for bed. Or it's time to like, I'm going to change channel because something infomercial is oh, coming no, on. Apo- or Showtime of the Apollo. Showtime of the Apollo comes yeah. on. <laughs> So yep. all right. I, I used to watch Saturday Night Live before there were DVRs and Hulu. Right. And you had to watch it at that time. And it was Showtime at the Apollo. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. That, that's going to do it for us. Um, yeah. Have a, have a safe weekend. And um, get ready for. Yeah. Get ready for dysfunctional families. Dysfunctional families. It's in Thanksgiving.